So anyway, and that's just how it works. Yeah. Yeah, looks good. I think it, I think it looks good. Awesome. Yeah, we look great. We look hot. hot bunch we look of hot, bunch of hot guys. Hanging <laughs> just out. a bunch of hot dudes. Hi, 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 uh, uh, hi, uh, welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast. Uh, I am Brian, and I am here with my good friend, Jake Marquis, from um, The Sleep On It's. The, the Sleep On It's. The Sleep On It's. Is that the real name? <laughs> it's, it's definitely the, it's the yeah. biblical name. Uh, soy Boys. <laughs> soy Boys. Um, the, 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 I don't know, Sleep On It. Jake yeah. from Sleep On It. Hi. Hi, Hi guys. Hello, welcome, everyone. Welcome, Jake, to the podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, Happy to be on the Emo Social Podcast. <laughs> so Jake and I have been like trying to make this happen for a while now. A long time. Uh, and uh, luckily, it all happened right around the time when you are able to announce your new stuff. Yeah. So we yeah. finally get like this nice opportunity around it. Yeah, we get to talk about some stuff that matters, you know? Yeah, not just like, hey, what's up with uh, uh, living in Chicago? Yeah. Hey, yeah. you eating that, uh, you eating them, the hot dogs, the yeah. portillos? Yeah, we got lots of news. <laughs> lots not of just news. about nacho cheese. <laughs> not just about <laughs> nacho cheese. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, so for listeners, uh, Jake and I have known each other for... A very Seven long. years? At least. At least, yeah, Maybe seven eight. years. Maybe eight. Um, one of my favorite memories... Of us mm-hmm. together, because uh, I remember you before, like you had started the band, and sure. like when you were just like, I just want to be in a band, I want to go on tour, I want to live the life, I want to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw my band playing at Riot Fest, I sure did, and I was like, that's my dude standing right there in the front row mm-hmm. watching me. Mm-hmm. And uh, tonight I'm going to try to repay that favor to you. That would, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> I, I should mention we are actually at Bottom Lounge for your show, uh, yes. your headlining show tonight. You're playing uh, Overexposed. In its entirety, mm-hmm. your uh, not your debut album, right? Like your it, it is technically our our first full length. Yes, because yeah. you had the you had the EP that came out before that. Yeah, uh, and then you had the the full length album. So yes. now you're playing your your first full length album from front to back, which we've never done before. Right, and uh, Bottom Lounge in Chicago, mm-hmm. hometown show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if we know if it's sold out yet. It's like. 30 tickets away yeah, from selling so out. So we're, we're looking at probably like a door sellout Hell yeah. situation. Yeah. That is, I'm, I'm like honestly super stoked for you guys because like to be doing like, this is your, is this your first headline tour? Yes. Yeah. So like your first headline tour, headline show in Chicago, yep. like selling out, playing yeah. your album. Like I just think it's like the fucking coolest thing. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> we're, we're a little overwhelmed, honestly. Yeah. We're, it's a, it's a really exciting night. We're like, we're so excited. And so we, you know, we have like, you know, all of our friends and fans of, been supporting us for so many years coming to the show and we're like this is a big one all right (laughs) try not to freak out yeah i remember a couple months ago you were already freaking out and i'm like dude you're gonna be great yeah no i mean well it's it's us it's uh it was ambitious at the time at the time of booking the show we were like well we've sold out sub t and b kitchen but those are only 200 and 300 like this is double both yeah it's a triple b kitchen so it's like uh we were just really nervous to do a bigger room as we did, but yeah, it's looking really great and we're feeling really good about it. So it's going to be a sweaty mess in here tonight. It's going to be a time. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's talk about the new stuff. Yeah. All the new stuff that you did. Yeah. Uh, so the other day, this is uh, recording this on Saturday. So it was Tuesday that you released mm-hmm. everything, right? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so Tuesday, whatever the date was. Mm-hmm. Days are flying by right yeah, now. Yeah, it's so, crazy. Um, yeah, you released the new single, released the album details. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yeah. all that? Yeah, so in January, we recorded a new record, um, and we went in with like a bunch of ideas, probably like somewhere close to 30 or 40. By the time we actually went in the studio, we narrowed it down to like 20, and then we had to narrow it down to 10 songs. Yeah. So we had a lot of different crazy, different variants and songs there was some really heavy stuff and there was some really <laughs> light stuff and lo- all hmm. sorts of different stuff in between um but we we were like this is album two you know and every band that does anything that's on uh, you know a national level thinks about like well, we can't have a sophomore slump right so right. we're like what about or the comeback of the year or the comeback of the year um <laughs> two on I, brand thank you so, no i loved it no i loved it um <laughs> thank you so much um no uh so we were like what about our band do people really like what what makes sleep on it sleep on it and how do we channel that into only 10 songs yep um so i mean we, there was a degree of fighting um in hmm. the studio when we were writing and like narrowing down songs because even even once we like you know we knew we only had 10 but we had like 15 we were kind of like we liked and wanted to play with and mm-hmm. you know there was a lot of issues um trying to figure out what we wanted to to record because it was like, well, this idea is really cool, but it's not like fleshed out, but maybe with the studio, like with it, like going into the studio and like flushing out in the studio, it will just pop. Like it could be awesome. You know, and we, we ultimately, we had a few songs that had like screaming in them and we ended up cutting Mm -hmm. them, um, in favor of uh, more pop rock, pop punk focused stuff. Cause we were like, what do people really like about our band? Our, our, our most popular songs are the really, pop rock, pop punk focused mm-hmm. songs. And while screaming and post hardcore is very important to our band and a huge influence yep. on all of us, I think what makes sleep on it fans connect are they, they like melody. They don't, they, most of our fans really connect to the lyrics and the mm-hmm. melody and they're not like super about screaming. So, uh, as much of it as it pains me, cause yeah. I, I am the screamer. You're the so screamer. <laughs> I'm the screamer. So I was, it was a little disheartening at first, but yeah. I was like, I was like, it's not about me and it's not, it's, I, this is, we're trying to make the best record we possibly can make. Right. Mm-hmm. We're trying to take our shit to the next level and make a career out of this, not just a hobby. Right. right. That's really the goal for us. We want longevity and we don't want to be a flash in the pan. We don't want it to fizzle out. We want, a long-term career. We can play music for a really long time. That's yeah. what we want to do. So, uh, you know, we, we, a lot of us had to put our, our egos aside and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and Zach and me and Ted, all of us, we all had like issues and things we wanted to like do with the record that we had to kind of be like, all right, we need to come to a compromise mm-hmm. on this song or this idea or what, how this song sounds. So we, we, we ended up uh, recording um, actually 11 songs, but mm-hmm. we had to cut one. Um, so there's no like hidden track there after is like no hidden a track. long there eight may, minute there silence. There may be a deluxe edition with the extra sure. song, but <laughs> at, at, at this present time, Pride and Disaster comes out September 13th with 10 songs. Yeah. Um, so the title Pride and Disaster comes from uh, the song on the record called Take Me Back, um, which Pride and Disaster is in the chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really thought Pride and Disaster as sort of a bold soap opera title as it is, was a very <laughs> accurate depiction of our own personal lives as well as our band. Um, I think, and I think it's uh, a dichotomy that um, really is illustrated well in our music and our lyrics and in our, our own lives, like I said before. So I think that title like is maybe dramatic as it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think 
really encapsulates the music on the record. It's very, the record's very urgent. It's very um, needing and fleeting and it like, it never stops. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have any slow songs on this record. That was an intentional decision yeah. on our part. Um, That's good. We had, you know, we, we did like an acoustic ballad on Overexposed, you know, A Brighter Shade of Blue. Um, we didn't want to like placate into that on this record. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they, we're expected to do another right, acoustic right. song. Not to say we won't, but like not <laughs> on this record. Sure. We wanted the urgency from the record. We wanted a record that you listen to and you, it just, the energy doesn't like, it can have ebb and flow, but we didn't want like a dead stop energy, like an yeah. acoustic song will do yep. in some instances. So yeah, we're really excited about it. I think it does offer the best parts of our band. Um, we tried some new things, like for instance, the single Under the Moment. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, a Mike Green produced track. Uh, Mike Green does stuff with like A Day to Remember and All Time Low. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a lot of pressure working with him. Uh, he's like the biggest producer we've worked with. You know, he's very dry and hard <laughs> to read. So yeah. we're like, are we doing a good <laughs> job? Like, do these songs sound cool to you? Like, it was like because he seems dry, but he he ended up being great. He, we worked with him super well. Um, and under the moment was actually like written on the spot, which mm-hmm. is kind of a crazy thing for us. It's kind of uh, how it is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you're like, oh shit, that's really good. Yeah, it was basically like that. We were like, we want to push. We told we told Mike we we're like we want to push the boundaries of what makes our band our band, and we don't want to get stuck in a rut of power chords and palm muting and fast mm-hmm. drums. You know, it's yeah. like that's important to us and that's definitely part of our DNA and that will never like truly go away but we also wanted to try something rhythmically different and he was like well have you ever done a triplet song before like what the fuck's a triplet song <laughs> um, he's like you know okay and he was like he's like give me that guitar we're like okay and he did like a midi loop of the that is now the beginning of the song obviously and then he kind of just started playing with some chords TJ came over, started playing some chords back, and then Zach started humming some stuff, and I added a lead or two, and it was like, oh my god, we've this is cool. Like this is very <laughs> different from us, but it still sounds like us. And, yeah. Um, and then when we showed the label, they like loved it. Yeah. And they were like, this should be the lead single, and we're like, the record isn't even done yet. You want to <laughs> calm down? Like, <laughs> like oh, we yeah. have a single. Well, <laughs> well, this is good news, obviously. Yeah, but yeah, like, exactly. we're, we're like, but don't you want to? hear the rest of the record first before <laughs> we decide it um but it, 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 it indeed did become the lead single and in um and we're all cool with that i think the we wanted a slight curveball we didn't want to like throw people off with something like super like super off brand but we, mm-hmm. we wanted to be like let's push the boundaries of what people are comfortable with associating our bandwidth mm. um you know we are by no means going completely pop uh on in any way shape or form we still like playing our instruments and we're not going to start using backtracking beats and EDM parts. Yeah. It's not going to happen. But um, we just wanted to experiment with the song structures and like a song that was more vocally driven and has more space. I think mm-hmm. the coolest thing about Under the Moment is that it has lots of space in it. There's, mm-hmm. there's not a constant barrage of guitars and bass um, and even drums, really. There's lots of stops and holdouts and like parts that... Um, maybe don't come to us naturally, but like, I think it lets the vocals breathe and it really creates a song and a platform for Zach to showcase his vocal ability and his vocal tone. And I think on that song, he just sounds excellent. Like Mm -hmm. he sounds really good. Um, Some of the best he's ever sounded, I think on any song, which is a lot because he has a huge discography. So I, I really love Under the Moment. I think it's been really cool to see the reception of it. We've played it now. So like we said, we're playing Bottom Lunch, but we're on the day three of our tour. Mm-hmm. And we've played it the last two nights. And 
people already know the words like really well <laughs> yeah. and it's been out like four days yeah so we're really excited about the reception to it live and on uh, online and in our fans so it's been really cool that's um, sick and uh, I think it's uh, it's what we needed to do I think mm-hmm. now in retrospect at the time I was really worried I didn't want people to get the wrong idea about our band I didn't want to get too far away from the core of what people liked about our band on album two, you know, that's like an album three thing, you know, like, you're like, <laughs> you oh, know. like we can, we can get a little weird. Yeah. You now we can play with their expectations. Yeah, play with their expectations. Um, <laughs> they're going to like it no matter what. No, I mean, yeah. no, no, but, uh, it was, <laughs> it, it, it concerned me because I, I founded the band and I've been there since day one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, when I first heard it, this is just my gut reaction. When I first heard it, I was like, this isn't a sleep on it song. This yeah. doesn't sound like us. Like, but with time and like listening to it, I was like, no, it is because mm-hmm. we made it yeah, like that. I mean, exactly. What defines a sleep on song? It's we made the song. Do we you, wrote it. You like, guys got into the studio, made the song. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think that's something I had to remove myself from. I had to be like, no, it's not, it's not a sleep on song because of what musicality is. It's, it's what we say it is. Yeah. And I think that's something a lot of artists struggle with and like it prevents you, from, it, it can either put you in a rut or make you completely creative. It's mm-hmm. one or the other. Um, so I, I, I'm really excited about it. I think it's cool. I can't wait to try more different things mm. on our next record and, and beyond. Yeah. Um, but I think the rest of the record, I think fans will really be excited to hear lots of familiar, um, like sleep on it staples of the, of the band. And like, just really like we wrote it in like a summertime vibe and I'm, it's not coming out in the summer like we wanted it to, but <laughs> at least the singles are coming out in the summer. Yeah. So I think. That's we really wanted like a Windows Down anthemic, you know, 2004, 2005 vibe. Like we really, really like you know, (laughs) our fans know our influences pretty well. Yeah. Um, you know, and we all basically have the same favorite three bands, (laughs) and you know, it's like Yellow Card, Fall Boy, Taking Back Sunday, and stuff. It's like dominates at least me zach and tj anyway yeah, luca yeah. loves metal but uh <laughs> right yeah he loves the metal. he's always like new metal and, yes, and all that yeah, on yeah. facebook um, and shit. so we we went into the record we were like we're gonna be really chorus focused on this record we want these choruses to hit and resonate and be memorable um not just like catchy wise but we just want mm-hmm. them to like that we want impact yeah you know you're, you're the best choruses you've ever heard always like you feel like a thud in your stomach when they hit you there's something just special about dropping into the chorus of like Ocean Avenue and it's like this is huge it yeah. just feels like b- bigger than life and like that's not to say that we wrote one that good because that one's amazing so I'm you're saying, saying that you basically recreated uh, Ocean yeah, Avenue by yeah. Yellow Card yeah just, just quote me <laughs> like on that it's that yeah. good yeah, yeah no, I'm not trying to be that <laughs> but that was the influence and the scope of what we were going for mm-hmm. um, I will never say we were as good as Yellow Card because <laughs> we're not um, but it, that was that was like the goal in the record anyway is to present anthemic large choruses that you know that we want to sing along to and our fans want to sing along to because um, again that those were the things that we looked when we looked at what our most popular songs were that was what they all had in common yeah so. That was uh sorry. That was like a really long winded answer. No, about- dude, like honestly, like <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much press you guys have done yet on just like talking about the record. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, 
when you're going through like that new album cycle, there's obviously like, you know, and, and we talk a little bit about business on the podcast. Right. So like, you know, we can talk as much as you're able to about yeah. like the, the behind the scenes stuff, sure. but obviously building up to like an album release and you're, you're, you're trying to get a lot of attention around it. You, right. you release the single and you're like, yo, go pre-order the album. Now here's the track list. Here's the album art, mm-hmm. uh, the single, the video, the, all that, that goes into that. And you're like, well, you got to keep everything under wraps. So you're just like exploding at the seams, right? Yes. be like, yo, I cannot wait for you guys to hear this stuff. Yes. But obviously now you have a record that's completely finished. You just mm-hmm. can't tell anybody about it. So right. like, I don't know like what kind of like press you guys have done yet where you've been able to say like, this is the record. I am so excited about it. This yeah, is what I it's going to well, sound like. All like the, the first press about the record came out on Tuesday Yeah, with all press and rock sound and a couple of other places. But Zach did an a- uh, interview with, with AP. Mm-hmm. We were actually just at AP yesterday mm-hmm. uh, in Cleveland and did some, Actually, we didn't really focus on the record very much. We did some sort of like silly content videos. <laughs> they were very fun though. They're yeah. gonna, they're coming out soon. Um, <laughs> soon to a, the quality uh, will probably be a soon, little bit yeah <laughs> soon nicer than this. to a phone near you. Um, uh, <laughs> literally your phone. Um, <laughs> oh shit! <What> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah. So uh, we actually haven't done a whole lot of interviews on the new record yet because it it was under wraps mm. until Tuesday. So this is one of the first ones that's been done, to be completely honest, uh, beyond the AP one that was done. Um, and this is certainly the most in-depth, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're, this is one of the first. So, yeah, well, nice. Um, ask, ask away, I guess. An exclusive. I'm, I'm an, oh, yeah, I'm an open book. In this yeah, I know. And I'm, meanwhile, I'm just like, yeah, I just wanted to chill with my friend and just yeah, like yeah. talk about music yeah, and stuff. We, so we, it's yeah. like... It's a fun time. Yeah, it's like, all right, cool, album. Anyway, like, uh, what, are you, what are you listening to lately? It's like that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. But uh, no, it's really like wild that like, uh, I'm glad I could get you on like, yeah, this like press time. I'm yeah. not like, not at all used to doing like press for bands. Yeah. Like you're actually like our second band interview, I think. Okay. Aside from like Siska, because we weren't really interviewing him for like the band. We were just like, we just want to chill and like talk right. with you. Right. But it's like, we interviewed another band and it's like, well, what is your like ethos what do you want to do as a band where are you playing like how can we promote your mm-hmm. tour and all stuff like that but like this is like our like oh shit like they're on a label like yeah. oh yeah. god yeah. <laughs> yeah. like I had to actually like message your manager who's a friend of mine too yes. and it's just like oh we need to make sure that like all the press is like Oh, you know, f- totally cool. And it's like, I don't know. Like, do I have to like send you like a special like <laughs> thing or is it just like, and he's just like, yeah, like, yeah, it sounds good. Like I'll email like the press guys and just like make sure everything's cool. And it's like, okay, cool. Okay. Uh, I don't uh, know. I don't know what to do now. I'm like, just want you to know that like I do most of this podcast from my bedroom. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, it's know, all right, man. It's, I promise it's okay. Yeah. Um, um, I am honestly like a big fan of the new single. Thank you. Uh, I heard, I, I, Saw all the notifications. I was at the airport ready to like get on a plane, and I'm just like, "Oh shit!" The new single's out. Stopped what I was doing. Like went to YouTube, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Oh, this is a bop." Cool. This Thank is you. like, yeah. yeah, it's it's. Uh, I can definitely like. I always thought that you guys were trying to go a little bit of the a day to remember route. Mm-hmm. So like having worked with somebody that now is like you mm-hmm. know a day to remember affiliated and like doing like a mm-hmm. song that's. A little bit different, more in like the pop punk of 2019 yeah. realm. I'm like, yeah, but it fucking works. Like, yeah, it sounds it's cool. good. It's fun yeah. to listen to. I like, really like the open chords and the and the verses. Mm-hmm. I think they're like really, uh, you know, like anything. Like, not that there's anything wrong with power chords. I love me a power oh, chord. They get the job done. They they're great. <laughs> um, and sometimes they're exactly what a song needs. Yeah, absolutely. But in this song, I love the like slightly augmented uh, chords that we use in the verses and in the bridge. Mm-hmm. I think they're really cool. They lend it 
they emote differently, um, and they really complement the vocals. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Under the Moment's really cool. You know, we made a conscious decision to put gang vocals in the chorus. Hell yeah. Um, and, <laughs> which is, we, we realized this, the, me and TJ were talking yesterday, we were listening to one of the other new songs, mm-hmm. and we were like, the entire record, last, like Overexposed, there's like very, very little gang vocals. And we did like a tally count in our head, they were like, it's like four or five songs in this record have gang vocals. They're like, yeah. what, who, who do we think we are? Hit the lights all of a yeah. sudden? Like, what's happening? Like, or set your goals or something like that. Like, like obviously, it doesn't sound anything like either of those bands. But um, we were like, oh yeah, we like really like went for the gang vocals yeah, this man. time around. But I think it's cool because it really like emphasizes crowd participation, and we've seen it in the last two shows. And I can't mm. wait to play Under the Moment tonight and see yeah. uh, the. Hopefully sold out Chicago crowd. Yeah, dude, there's words. already people lined up outside. I know. Yeah, I hope wild. it doesn't rain on top of all. I of them. also <laughs> hope it doesn't rain on top of them. <laughs> Whatever, they'll they'll dry off before they get super sweaty in yeah, here again. Um, yeah. So so you mentioned that like there's going to be at least another single release. Uh, the summer, I believe or? there'll be two more. Um, I can't tell you when because I actually don't know. <laughs> um, I haven't seen dates. Yeah. But there are two additional songs planned like at least one pre-release and then probably another one either the week of or um like a few yeah. a week after or something like that i'm not entirely sure i uh the, the details are a little fuzzy but I, we do have two other song like standalone songs planned mm-hmm. uh for release um as part of the record and then you know hopefully the record does so well we get to put out more singles and, yeah absolutely uh, do more music videos and stuff like that when you are like when you're recording, obviously, like you recorded the one song and the label was like, this is the lead single and mm-hmm. all that. But are you thinking like, all right, these are singles like I want to make this like a hit single. Like I want this to be like maybe you're like writing it and you're like, no, this is good. We need to pursue this as like a single. Make it more like this direction. Or are you just like kind of writing songs? And to you're like a degree. Sometimes you'll have a song and you, you, you can tell right away that the, the melody is solid. You're like all right, this chorus melody is catchy. If we're getting it stuck in our heads, then other people are going to get stuck in their heads. Yeah. Um, and then we'll, if we feel that strongly about a song, we'll, we'll, we'll tell the producer that and be like, what do you think we could do to make this better? Do you think this could be a single? Like, what, like, cause like singles are, it's part of the marketing. Like it's part of yeah. the business of it. Um, you don't want to get like egotistical about it, but you're like, we do need song accessible songs for our fans to latch onto. That's mm-hmm. like the whole thing. You have to do that every record cycle. Yep. And you just have to be aware of that. So we kind of, we don't write songs to be singles. We're not like, this song is going to be a single. And then like, do that with the sole intent. But sometimes you'll listen through a bunch of demos and you'll be like, all right, this chorus is already better than half of these songs. Yeah. So you like, you'll isolate a song and be like, that's the strongest chorus that I heard. And then you'll bring it to a producer and be like, how do we make this chorus pop even more? Gotcha. How can we produce this to make it really hit? Like we were talking about, like yeah. sound anthemic and large and like, um, so yeah, I guess like you don't write songs to be singles, but you can, it's usually pretty easy to identify what ones are, are going to be. Yeah. Um, because you know, we, we obviously do like sort of like a, a blind test with our, our, our team too. Like, you know, we'll show our manager, uh, Buck and like our, our, our TM Andrew and like people like that will, We'll present them with a few songs. Like, what do you think of these two songs? Mm-hmm. Between these two, like, what do you like? I'm like, they'll, they'll, they're usually, it's usually relatively unanimous. Like, it's like pretty, at least for this record, the singles were very like no brainer. It was like, oh, everyone likes these ones. Yeah. Like, um, 
the most. Not to say that the other ones are in like in fear anyway, but like there's certain songs that are just album tracks, and that's the way. That's good. That's okay. You don't want it to be like every song is like this huge single. Like I, you need balance. A record needs balance. Yeah. It needs ebb and flow. It needs songs that don't scream at you, right? Yeah. I guess. Um, so I there's a degree of that. I think it's it's on your mind, but we're not writing songs to be singles. Yeah. I feel like there's like with Spotify culture, with streaming yes. culture, with all that, like there's this idea like now a bunch of artists are releasing like really long albums because yeah. it's better for a streaming algorithm to right. have more songs on a, on an album. Like I think Billie Eilish released like an 18 song album and it's like, yeah, but that was because it's to get more numbers on right. the board. Right. And like obviously Billie Eilish is not releasing an 18 singles album right no so like if you're writing a 10 song album it's like are you going into that like we want to write 10 songs that are all going to hit you in the dick the same way or do you want songs that are like these are the songs we want to represent this i feel like you know back in 2005 a lot of albums were very similar to one another yeah uh taking back sunday album and a yellow card album and a fall boy album all had very similar sort of things about it there was like you said before like the acoustic song there's Mm -hmm. like the piano ballad or something like that yeah there was some like very like almost like emo cliches that kind of like got like in everyone's head and they felt and the band sort of felt like they had to make those songs. Yeah. They like had to have like an acoustic ballad on every record. I think yeah. that was um, like a weird thing um, that happened. Uh, so I, yeah, I think you, you, as a ba- as a newer band, we're like, don't write what you want to write. Yeah. You know, like don't feel like you have that. That was because that was something we were like. We we're like people love our song of Briar Shade of Blue. We yeah. love it. It's cool. We like that song a lot. But we're like. Do we do we have to write an acoustic song on this record? We yeah. we don't have to. There's no there, if we don't feel that we're we're not gonna force write a song right. just to have it. You know what I mean? It was like we were talking to me, me and TJ and Zach were talking like, do we have any like song that works acoustic like really well that would be that would you know fill that void for like what people want? And we were like, not really. So we're not gonna force it. We're not yeah. gonna we're not gonna force an acoustic song out just so we have one. Yeah. Like, so I think yeah we we discarded a few like necessities and it was like well it was it was another that was the screaming thing too it was like well do we need a song with screaming do we do we want one it kind of want one but we don't <laughs> but it doesn't need it and right. we felt like it would be out of place on the record we were like like as much as like me and TJ wanted to yell into microphones really loud it was like <laughs> it didn't really work on this record yeah. and that's and that was I think part and due to like what ended up being the final collection of songs and it just didn't feel what the album was trying to say yeah. like the, the the thematic lyrical elements of the album didn't feel angry it's not an angry album yeah. it's not like it, it Overexposed is kind of an angry album but this Prime Disaster is not it's 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 more lamenting and and hopeful than I think it is angry so I think yeah. anger and screaming didn't fit, but it may fit on the next record. Who knows? Yeah. It's like, like, I think no, it's, it's again. I, yeah, I think, <laughs> I, like I said, post-hardcore is part of our DNA to a degree. And I think um, we know that like some fans are going to be a little bummed that there's not a whole lot of that on the record. But I think that if they listen to it, the record as a whole and like understand 
that and I go, okay, this like makes sense as 10 songs. And if you, if you like thought about like injecting some really heavy song in there, I feel like it would have yeah. just not fit. So I think that's ultimately what we came down to is like what people expect of us versus what we think really works as a record. Yeah. Cause we still care about records. I know some people don't care about records anymore cause we're in the streaming age. It's just, yeah, it's weird. Culture we, for it. we care about how a record sounds front to back and it's still really important to me, Zach and TJ and yeah. Luca, um, how a record like flows and how the songs work with each other. Um, so yeah. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it's there's a lot of ways that bands can go right now. I think that a lot of I, I, I do think like if I were to be in a new band, I'd probably be more like I just want to write a bunch of singles, put them out and like just try to get like. You know, I, I see a lot of bands that I really like that are just putting out videos for every song, right. just like running that way, and then they put out an album, and it's like, yeah, but we released like 15 singles, so it's like, yeah, that's our album. Uh, then like the, the weekend did that, I think. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I'm just gonna put out all these songs, and then it's like, oh, cool, here's my album. Uh, and I think that there's, I still think there's room for album bands. I think there's 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 still room within streaming culture and within that the the. I want to say warp tour life, even though yeah. warp tour is not really around. Sure, but it's like I think it's a cornerstone. Yeah, yeah, it's it. There's still room for well, bands think, releasing the albums. That I think way. with rock music, I think albums are still really important. Mm-hmm. I understand why singles are like a rap and pop thing because a lot of the time the songs don't have anything to do with each other. Yeah, they have similar thematic elements, but they're never like. No offense to any rapper, because some rappers tell stories, but yeah. a lot of rappers aren't telling any story. It's right. about. A night out, or it's about it's you about know, making a hit song. It's about making a hit song. Yeah. It's about being catchy, and it's it's very self sufficient as a song. Yeah. Every song doesn't need. There's no connection to the other songs, and there it's its own separate entity. So for rap, singles works fantastic because yeah. it, they don't need to have any connection. But I think with rock music, people still want to hear stories, and they still want like the songs to have some connection to each other. They want an overall mood and like a, a feeling that they get when they put on a record. Yeah. I think that's still important, especially with the resurgence in vinyl. I think yeah. vinyl is, you know, we just, and this is obviously like, I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> we just did pre, we launched pre-orders on Tuesday and mm. I don't know what the numbers are at now, but we sold more vinyls than we did CDs as you, part of the pre-order. So, and like, yeah. so that's, I mean, that's indicative of what people are, are craving. And I think, Vinyls are even more, like, close because you have to literally flip the side, yeah. you know? And, like, that's... So it's like, it's like, man, I love the first six tracks on that record. Yeah. And, I, and the second half is great, too, because it, like... So you, you have this, like, concept of, like, still really caring about this experience of an album. Yes, everyone is doing the streaming. But yeah. I think a lot of people are streaming and then going home and putting a record on. I yeah. think there's I think there's both. I think a lot of our fans are both. I think that like our fans are definitely streaming on Spotify, but they're also sometimes they're getting drunk on Saturday night and be like, <laughs> <coughs> let's throw in some sleep on. Like, <laughs> like you're entirely possible. I don't yeah. I don't know. I mean that's I, that's how I am. I like that's <laughs> I think that's uh, how I, I sort of operate. I'm like you know commuting to work, listen to Spotify, but you know if I'm like having a good night and I'm with some friends, like you throw on a vinyl, like it's yeah. cool. Um, so I think, yeah, albums are so important with rock music. And I think in, in our, 
particular scene as well, I think people care about albums. Yeah. I do think that it's within our, like, within the rock music scene, within, like, especially when you know that, like, the money that you're spending on pre-ordering, the money you're spending towards an album Mm -hmm. is going to the band to support them. Yeah. Or at least, like, showing, like, your support for them. Yeah. I I feel like fans feel like a pride in that. Yeah. And I think that having a vinyl record rather than just a CD is now more of a way of, like, showing that badge of honor. Like, yeah, yeah, I got this thing and it's bigger and it's... It's It's more collectible. And, you know, the people love the variants. And if they're limited edition, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. Limited to 250, man. Like, let's get it. You know, they, they... we have fans that have like we see pictures online of people like I have every copy of Overexposed like that's awesome yeah, thank that's you sick. so much for buying our record four times <laughs> yeah like unnecessary but super cool that you care enough that you want every every variant yeah that's awesome like so I think for us that like you know the concept of a record was still really important and I don't think that's going to go away I think because of like our favorite bands our favorite bands are record bands yeah there aren't single bands I guess maybe with the exception of Fall Boy because, but they're still a record band, they're even so though they're a single band. It's yeah. like they're because they're so popular. They're, they've become sort of a single band, and they were, at, you know, obviously over time became more of a single band. But I think they still care about their records and the flow of that. Mm. Um, but all of our other favorite bands, so Jimmy at World, Taking Back Sunday, Yellow Card, those are record bands. Yeah. They they care about their record as an experience, as a as a journey, as a story. And I think um, that's our influences are are gonna dictate that I don't mm. think we're gonna be able to like as, I don't think we would artistically we would be able to be like let's just put a bunch of bangers on one record <laughs> I don't think I don't think we want to do that bangers this is called beggars oh, only yeah, that's, that's this is Cyrus. called beggars only <laughs> um, yeah I mean we just want we, we want catchy big songs but we're, I don't we, we still want them to have relation to each other and, yeah. and to make sense as a, as a whole as a group yeah. as a pod the pod? Like a pod of whales. A pod of whales. A pod of whales. <laughs> Is that why they're called podcasts? <laughs> Just whale noises? <laughs> okay. It's not. That's enough. <laughs> it's not. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> How are you? Um, so now we're finding nemo in it. Um, a little bit. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, records. Great. Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> um, tell me about the tour that yes. we're on, you're on right now. Right now. Uh, let's talk um, about you guys and... Your live show and yeah. like uh, I've only I've actually only and this is gonna out me to you and no. being that like I'm a good friend but I'm a bad fan <laughs> where like I've only seen you at Warp Tour uh, so uh, this will be the second time I've seen you okay um, so your live show yes. what you do on stage now you're headlining yes. you're actually able to like do I'm assuming a little bit more than yeah. what you've done in the past because yeah. you had other bands that were playing after you yep um, and you've got some other bands that are out with you so uh, why don't we uh, talk about them give them a little shout sure and- yeah yeah um, so you know we so Warp Tour left a void um, <laughs> and because we did Warped last year mm-hmm. and when we were talking about this summer we're like what are we gonna do yeah. like we don't know because like we were like we knew about disrupt and said summer mm-hmm. but because of the size of our band we would be playing extremely early yeah. ever and no matter what and, and people would be like what your band's small it's like we're small compared to circus surviving thrice yeah. so um <laughs> there's no real way around that we would have ended up playing really early regardless um you're good i'm just making uh, sure it's- okay not picking up like all the other stuff from out there for sure um yeah you're good yeah we would end up really playing really early and so we didn't really pursue those tours uh heavily um because we 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 knew what like 
where we our position as a band is like we need to prove ourselves basically mm-hmm. it's like we've done a bunch of support tours they've all gone really well uh well received and we feel really great about them but we're like we probably should like think about headlining like our mm-hmm. fans are tired of seeing us support yeah we would see it online we would see it in the like twitter comments and stuff like like can you guys headline i want to see more than five songs yeah because like warp we'd play five or six songs and it's off like yeah. you know we we played with broadside and with comments played like seven songs and <laughs> it was like really only time to play like singles like yeah. and then like maybe one song that like we don't get to play it wasn't a single so fans have been screaming at us, like, please play Photo Booth, like the song off, off Overexposed. It's like mm-hmm. a ballad that, like, in a five, six-song set seems like yeah. a waste. It yeah. seemed, you know, like, where it's long, and then it's also, like, a slow song that new fans may not want to hear. Like, they may not hook them. So we were like, all right, we should, we should, we should headline. We should, we should do a small headlining run and, like, test the waters and play more songs than we usually get to. And Because I think that's what our fans want right now. I yeah. think that would make our fan base happy which is what we need right before we put out a new record. Make <laughs> yeah, the fans happy. I think um, that now you have the opportunity to, to not be, like, like you've gained a lot of fans, I'm assuming, from being a support act for a lot absolutely. of these bigger tours. And so, like, bands that are bigger than you that are taking you out, you get those fans to then be like, oh, hey, we're interested in your band. You guys are great. The right. singles are great. And then if they become a fan of yours, they're like, well, now I want to hear like, More the songs. other stuff. So, I mean, yeah, it, it makes sense to me that, like, a lot of people are probably reaching out just yeah. like, please play these other songs I don't get to hear. Yeah, the two most frequent things we heard before we announced anything were, please headline and please put out new music. (laughs) Because it's 2000, uh, Overexposed came out in 2017, November of 2017. We put out a a standalone single called Disconnected uh, last November. But that's still a whole ass year ago. So we hadn't, we had been very quiet because people knew we were recording, but like we'd been very quiet and we're like, and and we hadn't, until this tour was announced, people were like, can you guys headline and can you put out some new music? So we're like, yeah. fine, we'll do both. <laughs> fine. We'll do both. Okay, Guess guys. Guess what, Karen? Yeah. We're doing it. <laughs> All right, Margaret, we're putting out a new song fucking, and going on tour. Um, fucking Margaret. <laughs> um, so when we talked about bands, we, you know, we, had a, we had a couple bands in mind. We were like, like we, I, I'm a huge uh, In Our Own Words fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're extremely underrated. Uh, Joey's a friend of mine. Um, and I, I've been talking to him about going on tour together for a year. And I was like, dude, someday we got to do this. So when we had the opportunity to be the headliner, I contacted my booking agent and my manager, and I was like, you should get this band in our own words. They're really, really great. I think they're worth more tickets than they may seem, and I think that they're a great addition to our package Mm -hmm. because I think sonically they're very similar to us in a lot of ways. Uh, Joey's voice is... Uh, not he doesn't actually sound like Zach, but I think their singing style and their influence is very similar. Mm-hmm. So our our fans tend to talk about our bands in tandem without even trying. Mm-hmm. So like it would be a natural like pairing for us to be together. And then we uh, we've known the Like Pacific guys since 2014, um, and they're they've always been super cool to us. We've never actually got a chance to tour them. We did a couple standalone shows um, here and there, but um, we were like they would be a great pairing as well. Um, and we're like, like Pacific was, you know, they've been around slightly longer, uh, professionally touring. Um, and so we're like, so we should do a co-headliner, um, because we're going to do four Canadian shows. They're from Mm -hmm. Canada, um, from Toronto, um, Toronto, Toronto, (laughs) Toronto. Um, so yeah, so we, when it came out, so we're like, all right, we're going to do a co-headliner with like Pacific sleep on it with support from inner own words. Um, 
as band Never Loved, who's on Equal Vision. It's a smaller label mate of ours, the mm -hmm. new, a new signing. And then uh, Last Minute, Home Safe, who's from here as well. Yeah. We've known forever. Um, yeah, they, we toured with them in State Champs, and we've done tons of hometown shows with them. Mm -hmm. uh, they said that they were interested in joining the package, and we were like, that's awesome, because we already know them, already like them. They're a great band, um, and it, would, it helps the whole package. So we, it, it rounded itself out like, and kind of just presented itself uh, you know, in, in early May, and we were like, this is going to be great. Like, this yeah. is going to be really awesome. All these bands have similar fans, but not the same fans, so it draws in different people, and I think... It, we're already seeing that. We're, in, yeah. we're three days in and we're seeing people that really only like inner own words but then are seeing Home Safe and Sleep On It and like Pacific and being like, oh, I really like these bands. Yeah. How have I never listened to these bands before? So it's it's a really cool package. I'm really excited about it. I'm happy that I had something to do with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, I have my reservations. And headlining is something that I'm, I'm, we're, the whole band is nervous about because mm -hmm. it's like, well, hell, the pressure's on us for once. This yeah. is weird. Um, you know, like, we hope people go. <laughs> like, you know, but like, that, and that's obviously, like, a sl slightly irrational fear, but it's also, it's real. I mean, like, so what are people have a lot to competition with, you know. Like, today we're competing with Pitchfork, which yeah. is a huge music festival it's in Chicago. right next door. It's, it couldn't be more close. Um, it should be fine. Okay. <laughs> it's literally like sound check time now, and so yeah, everything it is, is like loud. But I think that the recording of this is pretty like focused on us. Okay. So. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, if this if this is really loud in editing, I'm really fucking sorry. <laughs> okay, it's okay. Um, so yeah, uh, it's we, we you know we're competing with Pitchfork today, and we're competing with uh, the aforementioned festival, Sad Summer, Disrupt, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, that are like super tours. You know, they have massive bands with huge huge appeal and huge fan bases, and we're like, you know. We're, we're the little pop punk tour that could, you know? <laughs> uh, but we, we're, lo we're loving it. Uh, we're, we're three days in. It's The tickets are selling better than, than normal. Mm -hmm. The fans are extremely grateful, extremely excited to be here. And we couldn't be more excited. Do you think that there's, like, a risk? Like, like is there a risk of, like, taking a headlining tour? I mean, obviously, like, if it was your first run out, you're not going to do a headline tour. You're going to want to get, like, some, some other shows under your belt. I, I don't like the term pay your dues because I don't think that, like, right. like if you guys broke and you guys were, like, this insanely popular band right. and you were like, all right, well, our first tour is going to be a headliner, that's fine. Yeah. Like, who cares? But you guys are still, like, working. You guys are still making it. And it's then, a climb. Yeah, yeah. And now, like, you're finally at the level of the climb where you're like, we want to do a head running, head lining run but like is there a risk in it like so if these Absolutely. shows are like yeah we're not we're not selling as well as like maybe we were expected to obviously like if you're taking a larger venue then you're like concerned about the like, overheads right? larger yeah, yeah it, so it, like it is a concern it's I mean, we obviously, so for those that don't know at home bands have things called guarantees <laughs> and guarantees are set um, unless it's a door deal door deals mm -hmm. and guarantees are two separate things certain shows have door deals certain shows have guarantees mm -hmm. door deals are more rare Unless uh, they're more common in independent touring, but yeah. with national touring, uh, with bands on labels and stuff like that, guarantees are usually pretty set. Uh, if a promoter revokes a guarantee, that's like not cool and not something that should be happening. <laughs> so it's not that. It's it's what where a tour really suffers is if people don't go, no one buys merch, and that is how you know the tour's not doing well. <laughs> if the merch sales are really low and it's like, okay, so we get our guarantee, but if there's no one at the shows, it's all, it's, it's a bummer for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there is a risk. I mean, that's, we, that's why I was worried about this show. Yeah. I was worried about this show because it's the biggest show, biggest Highline show we've ever booked. Um, so yeah, we were worried. <laughs> but uh, 
needless to say, we were, you know, pleasantly surprised and we're, yeah. we're, we're at a great ticket count and everything, but... Uh, yeah, there was a huge risk. We were like, you know, what if what if this is too soon? What if we're jumping the gun on our own headlining tour mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like, eh, it's just yeah. okay. You know, like, we know we have fans. We know people care about our band, but, like, do they care enough? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, that's the thing. And, like, all these people are online are saying, like, yo, you should headline, and then you, like, book the shows, and they're like, oh, can't make it. You're yeah. like, all right, well, fuck. Like, yeah. we did this show for you, and yeah. now you're not coming. We did this for you. Um, yeah, so... Luckily, it doesn't seem to be the case. But yeah, when we booked the tour, we're like, "Hope this works." You know, <laughs> like we we haven't we haven't headlined it since we were in an independent band. Yeah. When we did DIY touring, and we had to headline because that's how we had to do it to break through. Yeah. Um, so we were like, "Yeah, we haven't done this in a long time. We haven't headlined out of, outside of Chicago in a very long time." Mm. So. Hope people go, but, <laughs> but it's looking great. Like, yeah, it's like, like I said, the tour, days in now. The tour is great, the tour so. is, is really shaping up greatly, and I've been very very surprised and pleasantly uh, pleased with how every uh, with the attendance and mm-hmm. uh, how great the fans have been. So it's yeah. been awesome. That's great. I mean, I would be uh, yeah, because like you were saying, like it's it's something that a lot more independent fans are probably used to is like going to a bar and like you're you're telling uh you, you tell all your friends to come in and tell the door guy who yeah. you're there to see yeah. and like there's yeah, a tally check band, yeah and they pay you based off of that and then like yes. yeah to know that like when you're on a label how many pre-sale tickets out. did you sell five <laughs> yeah. okay thanks. and then you have um, to go pick them up and like drive them out to your yes. friends because you can't sell them online yes which is, like, that what is the fuck? that is that was uh, us in 2014 yeah, so it's yeah the fuck worse it, it is it is irritating but it's part of it it, yeah. it teaches you a valuable lesson it teaches you who is really going to support your band and who isn't <laughs> and it teaches you just like how the basis of the business works because yeah. uh proving your draw even if it's at first is just how many friends you have is like yeah that's how that's how it works people need to care about your music if they don't care then you need to try harder. Yeah, <laughs> it's the, literally, that, that, that's literally the, I, that sounds like very like brutally honest, but it's the truth. I think if, uh, yeah. if people don't care enough about your music, then maybe you need to look inward and be like, are mm-hmm. we doing the right things that we need to do to make people care about our music? There's a lot more than just the songs. Yeah. You know? And that's there's there, I could go on forever. That's a whole separate <laughs> podcast about oh, yeah, dude. I band, talk, young band advice. I, I could I talk I could, all the time on this, and I'm just like, my best advice is like, don't, don't. <laughs> I want people to be musicians, but I'm also like, don't. <laughs> like, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's and a it's lot, a lot of, of research, and it's a lot more than just like I've got songs I really like, or I'm writing this really cool riff, or or whatever it is. I think for, it's all about balancing expectations yeah. versus like reality and what you want out of it. Definitely, because you can be in a band. And just write songs you and play some play shows. Basement. Yeah, and it's Do cool. Do house shows. But if you want it to be a career, that is a whole yeah. separate entity. Yeah. Yeah, I liked uh, when we talked with Minority. I think we talked a bit about just like, what's your advice to new bands? And it's like, oh, you're way nicer about this. I was just going to say, don't. <laughs> like, like don't guy, do it a guy who's like yeah <laughs> I go and like sign new bands is just like yeah you know like this and focus on this and I'm just like oh I was gonna say don't do it guys don't <laughs> don't reach out to anybody uh, I guess the only thing I would actually say is like if you're gonna do anything just prove your value yeah like 
if you're like, yeah, I want to like have people come to shows. It's like you have to prove your value to people to come to your show. Yeah. If you want to get on a bigger, if you want to get on a tour, period, you have to prove your value of what you're doing on that tour. You can't just go, oh, we're gonna go across the country. Like you're gonna reach out to a venue in Iowa who's gonna be like, who are you? We yeah. don't know you. Like, why would we book you here? You're gonna bring no money to us. It's your first time in the city. Right. Like, it's tough shit like that where it's like you need to prove your value over and all. So I like for me about you guys and like you guys are proving your value especially here in Chicago where you've headlined a bunch right. of times but like now to be doing it across you know I, I, I don't know 100% of where you're going on this one because I know you also announced another tour yes. uh, recently yes. so we can talk the about that the one we're too. on right now is, is really Midwest East Coast and Canada yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah we're proving our value that way yeah 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 um this other tour yes is with a bunch of bands that i don't know okay. like and that's okay I, it's literally bands that i'm like i've seen these names everywhere alt press warp yeah. tour like friends of mine are always like promoting these like band names yeah. and i'm like who are these people yeah because my musical uh intelligence has ended in 2011 yeah maybe. sure pierce the veil is really like the newest band i started listening <laughs> to and like that's it so i'm like yeah that's about 2011 2012 i stopped listening to new music so For sure. uh let, let's talk a little bit about that too i guess if you if you can say anything about that tour sure yeah yeah we can talk about it um yeah, we're going on tour in the fall with Don Broco, uh, which is a, a two British bands actually. Don yeah. Broco and Trash Boat are both from the United Kingdom. I do uh, like that band name, but I'm like, cool. Yeah, <laughs> Trash Boat is just like, oh, cool name. Yeah, it's a cool <laughs> name. Um, we were both both bands. We were on Warp Tour last summer with, mm -hmm, yeah. on the same stage, the LEFM stage, and so we met them there. It's not really why the tour happened the way it did, but it it, it definitely didn't hurt. I don't yeah. think. So it's like a camaraderie there. Like we, we unloaded the truck together every day yeah. and pulled all the gear out every morning at 8 a.m. and did that for 26 days or whatever. Yeah. So um, we met them there. They're all really great. Um, and this tour for us is a lot about timing. The Don Broco has never headlined in North America before. Okay. Uh, so for those of you at home that don't know who Don Broco is, they are <laughs> and a, also me right here. They are a <laughs> massive British band. Um, but in the UK, the United States, people don't really. Uh, they are significantly smaller. Yeah. Um, so Don Broca will like headline over neck deep in state champs in the UK, mm -hmm. but here they open for state champs. Yeah. So if that if that puts it into perspective for anybody, um, so they're they've never done a North American headline tour before, and it starts at it starts basically the day before the record drops. Oh wow! So it aligned perfectly yeah. with our release schedule. Um, and we were like, we already know these bands. They're like in our realm, but not not the same. Trash Boat's like pop punk, but like a little bit on the heavier side. Mm -hmm. Dom Broco kind of has like pop elements, but they also have like this European, like heavier element in mm -hmm. a lot of their songs. And then uh, the opening band is called Selfish Things, um, uh, who are on Pure Noise, uh, and they're they're friends of ours. And they kind of do like. Uh, like either like a hard rock thing or like a piano ballad. And it's funny. Uh, he's a very diverse uh, songwriter, Alex yeah. Biro. Um, so it's like a very like, it's not a not necessarily like a diverse genre tour, but it's a little bit less on the nose than this one mm -hmm. or perhaps even the ones we've done in the past. Mm -hmm. um, like the With Confidence Broadside tour. That's like very like the same types of songs with the same structures and lots of power chords and, and like the choruses are very similar. This is going to be more diverse in that sense. And I think that's cool. I think that's exciting because I think we're getting at a point where we've maybe toured with too many of the same bands and we need 
uh, to like be open to the accessibility of new people. Yeah. Um, but the tour is already selling really well. Um, That's good. LA's already sold out. Oh. Atlanta got upgraded. Um, which is weird because we've never sold out a show in Atlanta before. Um, <laughs> but that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's selling really well. And fan, our fans seem to be very excited about attending the mm-hmm. concert. Um, be, uh, with the great thing about this tour is we're finally returning to the Pacific Northwest, which we haven't hit in a full year. Oh, wow. Um, actually, longer. We haven't hit the Pacific Northwest in almost two. Because <clears throat> we toured with water parks when we went up to uh, yeah, yeah. the Pacific Northwest. So we haven't been up to Seattle or Portland or Vancouver in a very long time. Mm. So our, some of our uh, Upper West Coast fans are extremely excited about that. <laughs> and then it hits the rest of the country. So yeah. it's a full U.S. jaunt uh, with Montreal and Toronto as well. Nice. And, um, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, it's going to be really exciting. Uh, we're, we're really pumped to put out a record on a tour and have it align perfectly like that and uh, be able to sell the new record yeah. and, and get people's uh, response to it at, at, as we perform new songs every night and stuff like that. It's going to be a very different set than this tour. I think, so. <laughs> Is it going to be interesting when you are playing the new album, like on the release date of the new album, and yeah. you start playing songs from it, and it's like people are going to come out and they're going to know words to like the first time they're hearing it? Yeah, they're <laughs> not going to really know it yet. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and that's a risk you, you take with playing new songs. But I think you obviously also need to push the new songs. Yeah. So I, it's it's like a, a give and take there. You have to like, hey, you, well, the record's not going to sell if you're not pushing the songs. So, right. Uh, we're gonna. I, we haven't talked about the set because obviously we're in the middle of this tour. And we're not worrying about the next tour set list, yeah, but we're course. we're gonna have to talk about like what songs we want to play because we're gonna have a shorter set list, obviously yeah. compared to the headliner, and we're gonna be pushing a new record. So it's like. What songs are we gonna cut? Because now all of a sudden it's like you add another ten songs to yep. the mix, and it's like now, thirty minutes is like how do we pick what yeah. we're gonna play? Now you gotta cut songs that you've been playing this entire time. The and entire you're like, oh time. shit, I can't do the yeah. song we've played every show so far. Yeah, it's it's like you know we're talking about like not being able to play distant, which was like the lead single from Overexposed. It's yeah. like. I don't think we're going to be able to play that on the Broco tour. And that's <laughs> kind of sad, but like also exciting. And yeah. uh, we hope fans are like receptive to that uh, yeah, and, yeah. Under- and understand that like we only have a lot amount of time and we're trying to do something new and present you with new material. And I hope that they're receptive to that, yeah. but that's all you can do. But that tour is going to be great. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. I mean, you, you tend to, it strikes me that your fan base is very uh, receptive. They've been anyway. great. Like, like they've you, been awesome. Like, I, I am extremely grateful for our fan base because they seem so understanding and just so open-minded about everything. And <laughs> Zach is very quietly trying yes. to move a chair. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, buddy. Um, yeah, they've been so receptive and open-minded about everything, especially with like under the moment coming out and everything. I think they've been really great. Um, yeah. And I think that I don't I don't foresee them. Uh, rejecting us playing, you know, new songs on the Broco tour or anything. I don't think that'll be an issue. Um, I think they're just excited to have new songs. Yeah. I, I really do. I think uh, they've been waiting and they're just pumped. Uh, so I'm going to ask you a bunch of random shit now. Okay, that's great. So you have a fucking Charmander tattoo. I do. Like a boss. I do. So is Charmander your favorite uh, Pokemon? It sure is. All right. It's my favorite starter for sure. A favorite Pokemon? It's probably my favorite Pokemon. <laughs> Zach's going to where you look now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zach's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> He's like Charmander. What I'm the like fuck? a front bottom song. Um, 
Uh, you know, I like some of the legendaries and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. I think Charmander, it was, you know, I got Pokemon Red when I was like eight years old. Yep. And I was like, I want the fire one because I was a little pyro as a kid. Uh, light shit on fire. So I was like, I want yeah. the fire Pokemon. Um, so yeah, Charmander's always been my favorite. Um, and yeah, it's one of my favorite tattoos. It was one of my first tattoos. Yeah. Um, and it is a it is a hot topic of conversation. People, t- people always, it's one of the first people, really? A hot topic conversation? <laughs> It's an emo podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's literally the buzzwords we need for the it. The emo social <laughs> podcast sponsored by Hot Topic. Uh, God, I wish. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Hot Topic, please sponsor us. Uh, also, anybody, please sponsor <laughs> us. We make we have no sponsors yet. So. We have no money. Yeah, we have no money. We Hello. literally have no money. Please, uh, we are we are struggling. Yeah, it's 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 a common conversation. And yeah. People always ask me what my favorite Pokemon I remember, is uh, about Pokemon because I play Pokemon Go and I yep. you know, I like. Yep. I have a Pikachu N64 and yeah. like yeah, oh, I, fuck, that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> that's sick. Spend entirely uh, too much money on it. Um, do you do you get made fun of for liking Pokemon yeah, as an adult? For sure. I'm 30 years old. Would it's you like terrible. to tell those people go fuck themselves? Uh, Pokemon go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. I uh, <laughs> I'm excused for my own interview. This interview's over. <laughs> I uh, I am constantly uh, fucking ridiculed for liking Pokemon because I buy every single game. I'm very excited about Sh- Sword and Shield for the Switch. For those of you watching at home, if you like something and enjoy it, don't feel bad about yeah. liking something. Oh my god, I love it whenever you're you post on the internet like let people like things. Yeah, like I think that like you're like you're things. somebody who like posts it the most because like you're very active on Twitter. Your Twitter is like at Jake's on a plane. Who? Who? I know nothing of this website. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you're always the one that's just like, yo, like, stop complaining. Just let people like things. If people yeah. are into something, just let them do it. Just let them like uh, it. It's stupid to just be like, I'm going to complain about this because it's like, oh, you're an adult. You shouldn't like Pokemon. It's like, no, I'm an adult and I like Pokemon. That's what I'm about. I'm an adult and I'm free to make my own decisions about yeah. what I like and what I don't like. Yeah. So I think that's Pokemon, crazy. go fuck yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. 2019. Um, <laughs> you are... I don't know what the word is, but I'm going to say obsessed, and you can change the word. You're obsessed with White Claw, and it is, in a way, weird and also endearing and a little bit exciting and sometimes dangerous to me. I think it's all of those things. It's literally like... Like, we're in a White Claw summer right now. White Claw's a meme. White Claw's everywhere. Yeah. There's a video of, like, some comedian who, like, made a video about White Claw, and I feel like you were tagged in it, and that's the only reason I saw it. Yes. Because it was everywhere. Ain't no laws when you're drinking Claws. Ain't no laws when you're drinking Claws. I don't know why I said that in a New Orleans accent. You said accent. a very weird accent. That's yeah. Funny. Um, yes. So the White Claw thing, that, it started with Warp Tour last summer because we got free beer every day. And I was like, I can't be slinging five Bud Lights a day. Yeah. It just is not going to make me feel good in the heat, and it's going to make me fat, and I can't do it. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. And then I can't remember who introduced me to White Claw, but it was probably one of the other bands. Mm-hmm. Like I, or like, um, I knew that the... the it ma- before the tour. It might have been before the tour. You knew about it before the tour. I can't remember. I feel like he posted about, like... Wanting a substitute for beer on more Tour yeah. trying to lose weight, and I think someone was just like, "What about White Claw?" Yeah. Hmm. So I think yeah, I was I was just like talking about like healthier alternatives to getting crunk. Um, <laughs> uh, <and laughs> the crunk workout. Did you word crunk uh, I you did. Know. It's twenty nine scenes, Zach. Oh. <laughs> 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 That's the second one. She literally said that like an hour ago. We love we love it. Um. <laughs> Any hoozle. Um, 
<laughs> so I, I posted about wanting an alternative to beer uh, because I drink too much beer. And on Warp Tour, I was like, I can't be drinking Bud Light every day. I'll go insane. Uh, and thus, the White Claw Summer 2K18 was born. Yeah. Uh, but only on Warp Tour. It hadn't like hit the ma- the mainstream. Was like they didn't know it yet. Yeah. Um, and so I just had fans bringing me six packs like every day. Yeah. Um, which bless their gods, their <laughs> damn souls. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> whoever got me a White Claw pack on last Warp Tour, you are near and dear to my heart. A thank god you. among men. Thank you so much. Um, and. It just became a thing on Warped, like that summer. It became a thing. It was hot as hell. And people were like, wow, I can drink these and get a buzz but not feel sluggish. You know, and I had, I had like, I had like Ben from As It Is and his wife like asking me about the claws. <laughs> and it just became like this thing. And like the, the, our, we had a bus uh, called Big Red Clifford on mm-hmm. uh, Warped. And it was just, the cooler always had like some beer that Capstan would drink, and then like a ton of White Claw that it would just be for us. And it, you know, we would just have like a ball of Jameson and White Claw on the Shit. on the bus in the summer, and it just became a thing. Like I, I started posting about how much I liked it mm-hmm. and how you know if fans wanted to get because fans all work fans would be like, can I get you anything? Can I get you anything? And it's like I don't like, I don't want you to get me anything. You're right. I, yeah. I, don't, I feel bad imposing a financial burden upon you. Right, like, right. Unless it's like water or like a six pack of white claws is like, a, it's like $10. Yeah. Like I, I, if you really want to buy me something, something about a band member that you care about, you can get me this and I'll be very grateful and it means a lot. Yeah, yeah. Don't be getting me gifts and stuff that I don't like. It's, it's, it's a lot sometimes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just started posting about it and how much I liked it and then, uh, you know, fast forward a little bit of time, you know, I, uh, then they they followed the official white claw followed me on Twitter. Um, you know I had. Sick brag, bro. I mean, I, I, this is how it happened. Though. This is the story. The story about white claw is because they, you know, I started posting about it. They followed me on Twitter, and then I talked to Andrew, our TM. Uh, I got I got a I figured out they were Chicago based mm-hmm. um, and owned by Mike's Hard Lemonade. Yeah. Um, and then I talked to. Uh, one Johnny Minardi and um, <laughs> one Johnny Minardi and uh, I said we have no money. <laughs> no, I mean White Claw. Oh, White Claw. Five thousand dollars. Not, <laughs> not enough. They're not paying me anybody. Uh, they are coming to the show tonight, though. So shout out to White Claw. Shouts. Um, maybe they'll sponsor this podcast. We can talk to. God them. damn it. <laughs> um, White Claw, please, please. Um, so yeah, they they, they follow me on Twitter. We reached out for brand ambassadorship. Um, um, and uh, they came to our bottom line show last December mm-hmm. and came with uh, a couple cases, a backpack, a belt of some like random swag. And we talked to them and they were like, we really appreciate how much you've done for our brand. You guys are so cool. And uh, fast forward to tonight, we have three members of the White Claw team <laughs> coming to the show on the guest list. And uh, it's now a full-blown like cultural yeah. phenomenon. People are talking about White Claw all over the place, all over the internet, all the viral videos and stuff yeah. like that. And now it's becoming like an associated brand with our band. Yeah. Um, and uh, In yeah, a way, that's kind of sick. Yeah, it is kind of sick. Like, it's you fun. You were like kind of ahead of the game and then all of a sudden like it all blew up and you're like, well, we get to ride yeah, this. Trevor Wallace, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trevor Wallace video. Although Trevor Wallace is awesome, so yeah. that that video is yeah, hilarious. I actually really enjoyed that. And one. It's hilarious. So uh, I was about to say you're riding the wave. 
Let's say you're white, riding the wave and then forgetting that that's white amazing. claw has a wave that's on a the front gr- of that's it. A I'm great like, God pun. damn it. Well done. Yeah, um, but I, w- I wasn't doing it on purpose. Oh, okay, well. And now I'm like, no, I'm taking it back. I'm not doing it. I don't want to have unintentional memes out Fair there. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, that's the white claw story. It's yeah. uh, it's It's been kind of weird, but it's uh, it's cool. And I, I just like drinking it. I think it's very refreshing yeah. and like it keeps you level. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Vegan for luck. <laughs> it's, uh, it's great. Yeah. So that's I, uh, that's the white claw story. I brought it to a party last night. Set off the party. Yeah, it was just me and my friends who like all have kids and animals now, like hanging out. And I'm like, well, I should probably stop getting drunk off this six pack of white claw. Any party can be a white claw party. <laughs> white claw summer 2K19. There you go. Um, we're at about a while, and I I, I want to be respectful of your time because you have to start playing. They're going to start playing music soon, and yes, you guys have to play a show. And yes. Uh, so I. If you have anything else you want to say, do you want to say anything to the hundreds of people that listen to this podcast <laughs> uh, over the course of time? Sure. Over the tens of people that will hear this. Tens episode. of people. <laughs> the peasants that will listen. Um, you are my peasants, though. Yes, yes. You are our emo social club. Um, uh, Pride and Disaster comes out September 13th. Uh, please listen and stream under the moment. It is available now worldwide. Pre-order the record at merchnow.com. And come see us on tour either right now. I don't know if this will come out in time for the tour. will probably be over by the time this comes out. But it might come out uh, in two days. Okay, well, in two know. days. And come <laughs> see us on tour with like Pacific and Home Safe. And then please come see us on tour in September and October with Don Broco, Trash Boat, and Selfish Things. Yeah. And they can find you on the internet at... Uh, at I am Jake's on a Plane uh, and the real Jake's on a Plane on Instagram. Yeah. Have a lovely day. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jake, I appreciate you being on. I appreciate you, Brian. This is awesome. I'm really glad we You're finally got to do this. Well, I'm not as handsome as you. Oh, stop. There are other people in the room now. We should probably... <laughs> this is awkward. We should probably not do this in front of hey, people. Hey, Brian, you're welcome for being on your podcast, bro. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the invite. Bro. Listen, you, you <laughs> just got here. I want to do it anyway, bro. Stay tuned right. for the next episode <laughs> where we just do the <laughs> same <laughs> thing with Zach instead. Well, well, I gotta go. Well, I've offended. I'm offended. Busy. I have things to do. I've I mean, offended. You have many leather-bound books. Fifth. Many leather-bound books that smell of fresh mahogany. A whole wheel of cheese tea. I'm not even mad. I'm just impressed. All right, that's enough. Well, goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening in from all of us here at the Emo Social Club podcast. I'm Brian, and goodbye. Hey, quick, quick outro. You fucking die.